Facebook is not a monopoly. The big banks passed a stress test and Kathy Wood gets in on Bitcoin through her very own ETF. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. We are back. It's a phenomenal day. And honestly, the markets, well, you could very much see what they were doing. We saw weakness in the industrial, specifically the aerospace area, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But either way, we saw a lot of weakness in the inflation-friendly, the financials, mostly until the very end of the day, the industrials, real estate, utilities, healthcare, a lot of weakness in all of those areas. Meanwhile, a lot of strength in growth. Once again, growth continually back in favor. The NASDAQ pushing to new all-time highs, 14,500.51. Awesomeness. Either way, the indexes today with Dow Jones down 150 points, NASDAQ up 140, the S&P 500 down nine. Energy also taking a beating today as well. But What was the overall market thinking? What is this market thinking? Well, in my personal opinion, growth is back. And isn't that crazy to think? But at the same time, it's not. See, for all of this time, uh, the inflation story was big. In fact, inflation is still expected to run hot. And we've been saying that. And and even some Fed officials um, and some major investors continue to believe, and I believe as well, that you could see some inflation become real inflation and long-term inflation. I And I do believe we will see that. So the inflation fear has been continuing for months on months up until that Fed meeting. And then all the inflation friendly sold off. It was kind of a sell the news event per se. And you know, if you really take a look at the broader market, we're somewhat in a market nirvana because what did the Fed say? Well, they pretty much said we're not going to raise rates anytime soon, at least not until late 2023, um, but we still haven't really changed our 2024 outlook. Um, and, you know, there could be two hikes then, but we're not sure whatsoever. And that was just on the dot plot. Um, and then they also said we, we expect inflation to run quite hot over the next few months and we're going to let it run hot and we are not, you know, going to taper anytime soon. Um, so, it was really a positive for the inflation friendly because they're going to let inflation run hot and they're not going to taper anytime soon. Yet now you're starting to see just because they talked about tapering that inflation friendly stuff kind of rounding the corner, kind of turning to the downside. So possibly a buying opportunity in the aerospace area or the industrials overall or real estate, which I continue to like, or the big bank financials. And speaking of the big bank financials. We'll get into that later in the show, but they mostly all passed the stress test. And my goodness, this is great stuff because now they are able to raise those dividends and also approve share buybacks, which is only going to push both of those things, the stock higher. I love it. But first we have to talk about Facebook. It's the headline of the day. What is going on with the beloved Facebook? Well, if you take a look at Facebook, what do I see? I see a stock that pushed up Nearly 4.5% today, up 4.18%. It's currently trading at a price to earnings of around 30 times, which honestly, compared to all the other social media names, isn't exaggerated, isn't super duper high. It's been trading at a lower valuation for quite a while, up until very recently, compared to the other FANG stocks. Um, But the federal court, or a federal court today, this Monday, dismissed the Federal Trade Commission's antitrust complaint that was levied against 
Facebook. Now, what was the Federal Trade Commission saying? Well, they were saying that, you know, Facebook is a monopoly and that they have continued to put competitors or attempt to put competitors out of business and eliminate competitors through the acquisition of Instagram and WhatsApp back in 2012 and 2014. And honestly, I've said all along, these lawsuits against your Apple, your Facebook, your Amazon, frankly, are ridiculous. They are not monopolies. In the FTC couldn't prove it. In fact, the court said um, that, quote, although the court does not agree with all of Facebook's contentions here, it ultimately concurs that the agency's complaint is legally insufficient and therefore be will be dismissed, must be dismissed. Um, the court went on to say, quote, the FTC has failed to plead enough facts to plausibly establish a necessary element of all of its Section 2 claims, namely that Facebook has a monopoly power in the market for personal social networking PSN services. So at the end of the day, the court ruling that the FTC did not have the evidence to support the fact that Facebook is a monopoly. They did not have the evidence, and clearly Facebook is not a monopoly. Now, if this lawsuit was to go through, they were the FTC was saying that they were going to invest, in essence, divest Instagram and WhatsApp. They were going to break the company up into three separate entities, which is completely ridiculous. Um, and at the end of the day, it's being stopped. But it was, you know, a big fact for the stock. And that's why you see the stock pushing up today. It was a big catalyst for the name. Everyone was watching Facebook and they were saying, well, what's going to happen in this court case? Are they going to have to split up? At the Well, clearly not. Um, so we are seeing a lot of upgrades on Facebook. Facebook saying after the ruling, they said, quote, we are pleased that today's decision uh, decisions recognize the defects in the government complaints against Facebook. Um, the company went on to say, quote, we complete uh, compete fairly every day to earn people's time and attention and will continue to deliver great products for the people in businesses that use our services. I apologize for the several errors there. But overall, um, the court ruling, Facebook, not a monopoly. Facebook, very pleased with the ruling. Of course, why wouldn't they? And overall, the market pleased with the ruling. I mean, you take a look at the stock, it pushing up 14 points today to a new 52-week high. I think Facebook moves higher. If you take a look at the one-year chart, this stock has kind of been in consolidation mode between August and March of 2021. And then it started to run. It broke out of its... Basically, uh, yearly resistance. It was like a one-year resistance. It made a resistance all the way back in mid-August, um, right around 300, broke out of that 300 level, and now we see it all the way up at 356. A lot of analysts giving it upgrades and price targets of 400. In fact, we had Evercore ISI reiterate Facebook as outperformed today. Um, and they cited their VR products, Facebook's, you know, their Oculus products, and overall social media growth and their advantage over competitors. I 100% agree with Evercore ISI here. Facebook outperformed. Facebook is a buy, in my opinion. I think the stock moves higher after the positivity from the catalyst of this ruling. Now, also, we have Jefferies raising the price on Microsoft to $310 from $290. Man, oh man, what an upgrade there. So a $20 hike in the price target continues to maintain its buy. Um, and they also cited Windows 11, Teams, and the Windows Stores upgrades 
all as major drivers of the stock over the next few months and years. Um, and I 100% agree. Microsoft is one of the best companies and best, most well-run companies in the world. They just released the new Windows 11, which I think is going to revolutionize Microsoft's platform that they have offered to customers for years. Um, Microsoft Teams continues to expand. And the Windows Store, their Windows um, App Store now, I think is very much going to compete with Apple's App Store. Um, and I think all of this is very good and positive for Microsoft. And then Mizuo reiterated PayPal as a buy. I like PayPal. I take a look at PayPal. And as we talked about earlier, growth is back in. We said it. Growth is back in because the inflation friendly is out. People are liking the exciting names again. They like the big earnings, the 90% year over year growth in revenues. And you're going to get that with this high technology growth, your Shopify, your CRM, your you know, not your Apple, but your Square and your PayPal. And then they also like the big growth. They like the mega cap growth. They like the Apple, the Microsoft, the Google, the Facebook, the Amazon. I mean, it just goes on and on, but they like the growthy growth stocks. I like the nickname of growthy growth, the super growth stocks, the stocks that continue to move higher no matter what, because the growth is there over the next decades or few decades. Um, so, Mizuo reiterated PayPal's buy. They cited crypto businesses uh, or cryptocurrency business, um, their PayPal ecosystem or the payments ecosystem. And then they also said, quote, robust offerings focus on ease of use. And that is really where it's at. If you look at all of these successful technology companies, what have they done? They have simplified a process and, pay and PayPal's out here simplifying the digital payments process and that is exactly what needed to be done it's going to drive paypal's growth and i think paypal is best of breed i think they're probably the number one name in the fintech world right now now wedbush reiterated tesla as outperformed they just had that big recall but a lot of analysts in wedbush as well basically saying this big china recall of nearly 300,000 vehicles is really just you know it's a black eye it is a one-time event it's probably not going to happen again um now i doubt it will happen again because at the end of the day all of the legacy automakers as well uh continually have massive recalls like this so i think it will happen multiple times over the next few decades as long as tesla continues to grow um but i see tesla's expansion continuing in china and around the globe i like tesla at this point i think it's the number one ev play in the market and if i were to go top three i've said it before tesla gm Ford, and then, you know, there's a few runners up, a few names you could speculate on in the EV space, such as Lucid Motors. Um, now, the last one, uh, or the last big analyst call, we had Gunningham reiterating Snap as a buy, one of those Facebook competitors, those competitors that the FTC seemed to not know existed. But either way, um, Gunningham reiterated Snap as a buy, um, citing their AI, AR technology, um, so art not well artificial reality technology um and they also uh said communications growth is going to be a major factor if you look at snapchat it really is a communications platform more than a social media platform but it's a communications platform with a social media aspect um and then they also i mean snap promotes themselves as a camera company they're really not a camera company and you know also you have this 
um, artificial reality, this AR mixed in with the camera features that creates all those filters you see on Snapchat that people love. Um, and I do believe that's going to continue to drive growth, and so does Gunningham. I like Snapchat. Um, I think it's a buy. I take a look at the stock right now, and you know it's currently trading at sixty-six bucks a share. That is lower than what is previously traded at, just over seventy dollars per share. Um, so I think this stock long term continues to move higher, and management has continued to impress. Now shifting into to the banks. They passed the stress test. So last week, the Federal Reserve, um, they basically said that all the banks, all 23 banks that went through the 2021 stress test passed. Um, and they said the industry is, quote, well above all the capital requirements um, that are set. And, you know, what is a stress test? So the Fed will do this stress test. And this test, in essence, um, will test the banks on whether they have the capital um, to withstand or the capital requirements to withstand um, a a hypothetical economic downturn. So if the economy was to downturn, if we are going to go into a major recession, um, the Fed test on whether these banks can withstand or whether the storm in essence and all the banks passed are well above the required levels. Um, And this is good news. So what did the banks do? Well, the banks are now allowed to up their dividends um, and buy back share. So we had Morgan Stanley double their dividend to 70 cents per share starting in Q3. Um, and they also said it would buy up to $12 billion of its own stock through 2022. We had JP Morgan boosting their dividend by 11% to a dollar per share. Bank of America also raising their dividend 17% to 21 cents a share. Um, and then we had Goldman Sachs uh, also increase their dividend by 60% to $0.02 cents per $2 per share. And then if we shift into the other banks, we have Citigroup saying that they're going to leave their dividend unchanged, but Wells Fargo doubling their dividend to $0.20. Cents. Now, it is important to note that it was somewhat expected that Wells Fargo would double here if they passed the test because in the previous test, they did not pass it quite enough. Um, and unfortunately, they were forced to slash their payout um, after the stress test last year, but Wells Fargo doubling their dividend, solid stuff there. Um, so overall, all of the banks announcing major share buybacks and also dividend increases. This drove some of the major banks up. You see JP Morgan, Bank of America, City, Wells Fargo, and Goldman Sachs all pushing over just about 3% gains today um, in the markets. So the big banks Are they back in favor? They could be after this announcement by the Fed and after all of these share buyback and dividend increases by the mega banks. Possibly, you see, the banks come back in favor and continue to push to the upside after being stagnant for what seems years. Now, they have had a quick rally in the past few months, but if you look on the long-term chart, they have been mainly out of favor compared to those high-growth names. Um, So overall, definitely a area to pay attention to in the market. And if you were holding banks today, you are a happy camper, especially if you're holding some of those names, such as a Morgan Stanley that's doubling their dividend. Holy smokes. Now, shifting into Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood's a controversial topic in the markets, controversial topic across all in the market media. And why is she? Well, she takes big bets. She literally scales in the names through 50 point, 80 point, 90 point, 50% pullbacks in stocks. It's crazy stuff. Kathy Wood takes on a massive amount of risk through her ARK ETFs, such as ARKK, ARKX, ARKG, ARKW, ARKF. All of these ETFs have a theme. For instance, 
fintech, genomics, or just a simple technology innovation or aerospace. All of these ETFs have a thematic theme. Um, and Kathy Wood goes in on not the mega names usually, but these smaller names, um, these names that are just getting started in the markets and cr- have much more volatile movements. Um, and she is willing to take on an immense amount of risk or much more risk than per se her competitors, her ETF competitors out there or fellow ETF managers. And she recently filed for an ETF. It's a Bitcoin ETF. Now, there have been several Bitcoin ETFs approved this year so far. Um, I believe the first one or the first decision on one was just delayed um, last week by the SEC. So they have yet to approve the first one, but many are expecting that it will be approved. And once this is approved, um, Kathy Wood will be able to get much more cl- uh, direct exposure to Bitcoin. So it's going to be exciting to see how she does this. Lately, she's been getting exposure uh, for instance, through Coinbase and Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Um, but, you know, she's going to get much more direct exposure if she's able to purchase Bitcoin through an ETF. So that's exciting stuff there. It'll be interesting to see how people accept it um, if the SEC passes uh, Kathy's uh, Bitcoin ETF here and allows her to list. It'll be interesting to see um, how the market accepts her Bitcoin ETF. Definitely something to watch in the future. Now, shifting into the watch list before we close out the show and all of that fantastic news, we have to talk about the broader market. Now, if you look at a weekly uh, performance chart, you see, or the one-week performance chart, let's take a look at the one-day performance chart first. Today, we saw a lot of weakness. We saw a lot of weakness in the financials. We saw a lot of weakness in the energy, um, and we saw a lot of weakness in the industrials and the healthcare. And I apologize. Um, the financial performance today, Wells Fargo was down. You saw J.P. Morgan down, Bank of America down. All those names down today, but they were all up over three percent on the week. Um, so I was reading off the weekly performance data just a few minutes ago, not the daily. Do note that. Um, but today, the banks not reacting too well to all that fantastic news. So buying opportunities there, as we just said a few seconds ago. Um, so definitely take a look at the financials. I took a look at energy. Energy continues to get killed. Um, and I'm not really surprised there. As long as those inflation-friendly names are out of favor and growth is back in favor, and we continue to see this rotation back in the, you know, growthy growth, as we've nicknamed it in this episode, it's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, now, we take a look at big technology, and we see Microsoft and Apple and Taiwan Semi and NVIDIA and Qualcomm and Broadcom and AMD and Google and Facebook and Amazon and Netflix. All of these stocks continuing to move to the upside, and I believe they are back in favor. Most of these stocks, most of the growth stocks actually suffered major pullbacks throughout the past few months. And, you know, they rallied off their bottoms 30%, and now these stocks are coming back in the favor. And what we have seen in this market over and over and over again throughout the past 12 to 18 months is that these sectors continually or these themes continually overshoot to the upside. So we saw the inflation-friendly, the financials, the industrials, the energy, the real estate, the basic materials, all of those names, the consumer cyclicals. We saw those inflate more inflation-friendly names absolutely launch or overshoot to the upside. And then once the Fed had their meeting, those names are starting to overshoot to the downside and we're starting to see growth come back in favor and I believe it will overshoot to the upside. So that is definitely something to pay attention to. We have a lot of overshooting in this market, overshooting especially to the upside and I believe you will continue to see the bulls in control in the growth area at least 
in the next few weeks. I think tech runs. Um, so I think that's the place to be. There are still a lot of deals and there are still a lot of names that are pulled back significantly off their highs. For instance, I take a look at a name like Ad, uh, ADSK. If you take a look, that's Autodesk. Um, Autodesk is significantly off their highs of 320. They're all the way back by 293, and they're forming up a nice wedge over the past few months. I take a look at another name, uh, such as Roblox. Roblox has been a tech name that a lot of bulls are on, but it's significantly off its highs of 100, and it's all the way down to 93. I take a look at, for instance, Snapchat, and we just talked about Snapchat. And they were significantly after highs of 52. They're back to 66. Their highs are just over 77. There's still plenty of room there, um, especially if these growth names overshoot to the upside. I took a look at Etsy, significantly off their highs of 240, all the way down at 199. I see Fiverr, another growth name that has been very much liked, way off their highs of 325, all the way down at 250. So I think some of these growth names have plenty of room to run. And I think you see plenty of examples of growth names that are making those overshots right now, such as Shopify, which is all the way up to 1,495, just over its previous all-time high, right around 1490. So definitely growth is back in favor, in my opinion, at least in the near term, long term. I think the market is in this nirvana where both growth and industrials and those inflation-friendly names can do well. I think both can do well over the next 12 months. As long as the Fed doesn't make any crazy decisions, the market is going to love it. Growth is going to continue to do well, and those inflation-friendly names are also going to continue to do well. So at the end of the day, stay the course. As a lot of market experts have said in the past few weeks, just stay the course. Don't make any huge moves based on this macroeconomic environment, Um, but it seems growth is back in favor and follow these rotations. Um, mostly what I do with these rotations, just as a tip of advice, is I use them for opportunity. So I'm looking um, right now, if Boeing continues to fall, I'll likely add there. Um, if Lockheed Martin continues to fall, I'll likely add there. I'm also eyeing an entry into one of the bank names. I want to get a big bank back in the portfolio, so I'm eyeing some opportunity there as long as this rotation out of the inflation-friendly continues into the growth. I'm going to use the back end of this rotation the red part of this rotation, the sell-off of this rotation as opportunity. But this is another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. Um, Definitely uh, expect us to be back here, and we will be back per usual on Wednesday for another episode of the podcast. Until then, do the research, people. Go to runningwithamoney.com. You'll get breakdowns completely free of some of your favorite stocks, and it's a great foundation to start your research on a company that you love. Um, also, top picks are on there. Continue to listen to past episodes if you missed any in the podcast. Also, breakdown right after this episode is dropping on runningwiththemoney.com. It's a surprise. Maybe even two breakdowns are going to drop tonight. You'll just have to pay attention. But Easily Profit trade on, and I will see you on Wednesday. 